I'm talking about the number one killer of dreams, the thing that can freeze you in your tracks, the thing that'll prevent you from making the changes you want to make. Welcome to the Mind Wrench Podcast with your host, Rick Sellover, where minor adjustments produce major improvements in mindset, personal growth, and success. This is the place to be every Monday, where we make small improvements and take positive actions in our business and personal lives that will make a major impact in our success, next level growth, and quality of life. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mind Wrench Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Silover. Thanks so much for tuning in and spending a few minutes with me today. And if you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Hey, real quick, I want to ask a favor. If you enjoy the show and you enjoy what I do every week and you want to help support the show, go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash mindwrench. You can donate as much as you'd like, but literally for the price of a cup of coffee, and you know I like my coffee, for as little as three bucks you can help support this show and keep it going and growing. You can find the link in my show notes, but once again, go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash mindwrench. Hey, today I want to talk to you about something we've all dealt with in our lives at some point or another, and probably more in the past year than ever. And I don't think there's anyone on this planet that has completely avoided it. So in this episode, I want to hit it head on and try to provide some tips and tactics to help you gain control over it. I'm talking about the number one killer of dreams, the thing that can freeze you in your tracks, the thing that'll prevent you from making the changes you want to make, from being who you want to be, keep you from leaving your house or eating alone in a restaurant. It's the boogeyman in your basement. It's the girl or guy you're sure will say no if you ask them out. It's the crowd that is waiting to boo you off the stage if you go up to speak. It's the cop car up on the overpass that's watching your driving or right behind you as you try to stay at the speed limit. It's the fear that nobody likes you or will accept you. It's the job you're sure you cannot get the raise for. And undeniably, it's the most prevalent form of mental health issues in our world today. We all face some degree of anxiety on a daily basis. Yet anxiety is 100% fictitious, 100% in our head, 100% not in the now, but in the future. 100% not real, but imagined as so. And man, oh man, can it control lives. Holy shit, can it control lives. For years, decades, even a lifetime. Of course, I'm talking about that feeling of being anxious or having anxiety. Best described as a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Some signs are intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. A fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, feeling tired. Those are also indicators of anxiety or stress. Anxiety can be normal in stressful situations as public speaking or taking a test, but anxiety can also be an indicator of a possible underlying disease when feelings become excessive, all-consuming, and interfere with daily living. Did you know that there's five major types of anxiety we normally see in our life and those around us. Number one, panic disorder. 
That's an anxiety disorder that's characterized by unexpected and repeated episodes of intense fear accompanied by physical symptoms that may include chest pain, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, dizziness, or abdominal distress. Number two, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. OCD is categorized by recurrent unwanted thoughts, which are obsessions, and or repetitive behaviors, which are compulsions. Number three, PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder. These are most commonly seen in people that have been through, you know, personal assaults, uh, violence, uh, natural human-caused disasters, accidents, or military combat. Number four is social phobia, or social anxiety disorder. That's characterized by overwhelming anxiety and excessive self-consciousness in everyday social situations. Social phobia can be limited to only one type of situation, such as you know, fear of speaking in front of formal or informal situations or eating and drinking in front of others. But in its most severe cases, it can be so broad that a person experiences symptoms almost any time they're around other people. And number five, and the most common one that we see, is generalized anxiety disorder. And that's an anxiety disorder characterized by chronic anxiety, exaggerated worry and tension, even when there's little or nothing to provoke it. So here's a few alarming facts on anxiety and mental health in today's world. So the number of people looking for help with anxiety and depression has just skyrocketed. 93% increase over 2019. Requests for help with depression is up 62% since 2019. Our young people are struggling the most with mental health. Ages 11 through 17 have been more likely than any other age group to report moderate to severe anxiety and depression. According to the American Psychiatric Association, nearly half of all Americans are anxious about the possibility of getting coronavirus. 40% are anxious about becoming seriously ill or dying from the coronavirus. More than 62% are anxious about the possibility of family and loved ones getting coronavirus. More than a third of Americans say coronavirus is having a serious impact on their mental health. 60% feel they're having serious impact on their day-to-day lives. 57% have a serious negative impact to their finances, and almost half are worried about running out of food, medicine, and or supplies. Nearly two-thirds of Americans, 68%, fear that the coronavirus will have a long-lasting impact on the economy. APA President Bruce Schwartz says, The stress and anxiety caused by the pandemic can and is having an effect on people's physical and mental health. During this time, it is important to do what we can to maintain self-care and manage that stress. Now, just so we're clear, I'm keeping this real. I'm not just going to relay some statistics and some data I read or learned about. No, I'm talking to you today, speaking about this from a shit ton of personal experience. Just like many other Americans, I've had to fight a battle with some anxiety every single day. These past 12 months have challenged my normally easygoing, low-stress demeanor down to its core more than it's ever been challenged before. I've experienced more stress, more pain, more battles, more pressure, more uncertainty than in all my years on this earth. And that's not even included the COVID shit show that we've gone through. Just for a sampling, my home life included moving my out-of-work furloughed daughter from Detroit to Chicago to try to start a new life, alone, with no security or income, but a bullheaded attitude to start over away from her family. And I had to adjust to the fact that when she needs help, she needs someone to lean on, I'm over five hours away. My other daughter was taken from our family by a very controlling, abusive boyfriend whom cut her off from us emotionally and physically with no way of communicating for over five months. We had no idea if she was even alive or not. 
And then on top of that, I lost not just one, but both of my wonderful sisters, whom I love so much, who passed within 30 days of each other. And then I had to tend to one of my sister's affairs because she lived alone. And that's not even including the work scenarios. I know everyone experienced some kind of stress with their work situation. There was anxiety from either losing a job, losing your business, not knowing if your place will be able to reopen, reduced pay, furloughs, remote working from home, which has its own stressors. And then there were the Amazons of the world that were super busy, made lots of money, but the anxiety of work overload can feel almost as heavy. And then there was those like me, an essential service provider that had no days off, took a temporary pay cut while doing the work of four or five people that were furloughed for months, handling the stress of total change of how we had to do business, keeping customers from panicking, assuring and comforting employees to keep them from losing their shit. I could go on and on, but to say I had to deal with a little anxiety would be an understatement. When we are under the control of anxiety or feel overwhelmed, scared, nervous, and anxious, we cannot move forward and accomplish what we wanted or what we needed to do. Being anxious can shut down your decision-making process, keep you playing it safe, or worse yet, paralyze you from doing anything. It'll keep you in a job that no longer serves you or that you just can't stand anymore. It'll keep you in a relationship that you know is no good. It can make you miserable and resentful of your own inability to make a positive decision. So today I want to help you gain some control over your anxiety with a few suggestions that allow you to push past the fears and roadblocks. Recognize what they are and call bullshit on them because they are and continue to move forward in your life and to enjoy the growth or success that you know you're meant to have. Anxiety is fear of something that has not yet happened. But that fear is triggered by something that happened to you or you experienced in the past, maybe as a kid, maybe as a teen or even a young adult. But that's most likely not true today. So understand it as the lie that it is and then find some proof that will contradict the lie. For example, let's say you need to have a difficult conversation with someone at work or at home. But you put it off because you're unsure how it'll go. That's your current fear. This may be triggered by a time when you were a kid and had a tough disagreement with a childhood friend that got mad, said they hated you, and stormed off, and you lost that friendship. So now recall some of those tough conversations you've had in your adult life with maybe your kids or coworkers or employees that went okay, didn't end with someone storming off, and recognize that you've been successful having these conversations. Next, write down some awesome things about you. Note some positive things that you have accomplished or successes that you've had or some things about you that are outstanding or memorable. Build your confidence through past success. Remember, you are awesome and incredible to someone, maybe many people in your life. And finally, because anxiety is caused by looking forward and expecting a negative outcome, the fear comes from us imagining the worst possible outcome. We are actually planning for a failure. That seems freaking crazy, doesn't it? But that's what our mind will do unless we stop it and course correct it. I mean, who the hell says it needs to go badly or unfavorable? You need to break that pattern, and here's a great way to do that. In your mind, look ahead 12 months. Imagine everything went great, the conversation you were avoiding went perfect, and the other person made a positive shift because of what you said, the business took off because of the brave step you took, the promotion you felt you deserved you found the guts to ask for and got, and your quality of life improved. The new relationship worked. The move to a new city opened up a whole new world of great opportunities for you. The investment you were nervous about is growing like crazy. You launched the new business and sales took off. All these things can be the future. You just have to adjust your thinking to see a positive outcome and feel that feeling. Instead of assuming a negative outcome, 
and letting that feeling or that unrealized fear stop you. Although anxiety can be the most crippling of thoughts and can affect almost every aspect of our lives, and for many people does just that, affects their quality of life on a daily basis, but it is also technically the easiest thing in our lives to change. The fact that there is nothing in our world that we have more control over than our thoughts. Think about that for a minute. There is nothing in our world we have more control over than our thoughts. They are completely ours, and we get to decide what those thoughts are. But here's the rub. If we don't actively guide our thoughts, there's a little almond-shaped core part of our brain called the amygdala that has a central role in anxiety responses to stressful situations and controls our fight-or-flight responses. That little part of our brain will assume worst-case scenarios and default to survival mode thinking. Don't do it. Run. It's going to hurt you. And every other negative outcome imaginable. So we just need a few tools or tactics like the ones I mentioned earlier to stop those thoughts in their tracks. Call bullshit on them. Recognize them as a lie. Recall former successes from your life, something similar to the current situation, where it was a positive outcome for you. Write down or think through some cool, awesome things about you, the ways you are a badass in life. That builds confidence quickly. And then look forward a year from now and picture that everything went great and how that had a positive impact on your life. And soak up that feeling and say goodbye to that unrealized fear that was holding you back. Listen, at the surface level, dealing with anxiety appears to be difficult. Seems out of your reach or beyond your capabilities, right? I mean, it feels like, well, that's just how we're wired, you know? But in theory, it should be one of the easiest things for us to fix, as it's just a matter of controlling our thoughts about things that haven't even happened yet. If you're listening to this right now, there's a good chance you own, manage, or help run a body shop or collision center. What is your key service? You fix things, right? Badly damaged, mangled, piles of twisted metal, aluminum, modules, wires, glass, and paint. So whether it's a $30,000 Ford or Chevy, a $70,000 Lexus, or a $100,000 plus Mercedes or Ferrari, you have mastered the complex process of putting these vehicles back to pre-accident condition using sophisticated equipment, diagnostic tools, and the skilled hands of some very talented technicians. So do you think just maybe you can do a little fixing on something as simple as adjusting your thoughts? It doesn't require any special tools or equipment or materials or even the assistance of your techs. Just you and that 8-inch gap between your ears? Do you now see how that is something you can fix? Yeah, I thought so too. Well, that's all I had for you today. I hope you found something helpful in today's message that you can take back to your business or back home and immediately put into action and start making a positive difference in your professional or personal life. If you like this episode, please, please, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate it, share it, and leave a review. When you share this podcast with others, that's how we grow. And when the show grows, I can serve more people with my messages. I appreciate you, and I hope you have an awesome and productive week. I can always be reached at www.ricksillover.com, where you can find all my social media links, podcast episodes, blog posts, and much more. Hey, we all know this past year has been really difficult for most of us to deal with. So if you have some areas in your life you really want to make a change, you really want to make improvements, you want to get to that next level, you have things you want to accomplish but just not really sure how to get there, you need some help, you need a guide, you need a coach, I'd love to be able to help you with some one-on-one coaching. Just go to my website, ricksillover.com, and go to the contact page and drop me a note or just instant message me on Facebook or Instagram. Weeknight and weekend appointments available right now. 